0: The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy.
1: Hey, you me so hard down there.
0: Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy. On Cofield and Company.
2: Just past the uh, halfway point. A lot of football this hour. Also, important baseball spot. We're going to talk to a baseball writer about the A's situation. We got to find out. We could really have to do some good fact finding here for the audience on where we are with the A's and the stadium thing. Is this the beginning of the process, the very end, dead end? So that's coming up in about 15 minutes. So, you know, it's funny. Yesterday we had on legal insider Dan Lust, an attorney out of New York, and we were talking about Deshaun Watson and that everything had gotten really quiet and the I think he got this from Rich Eisen, who is on over on uh, Raider Nation radio 9 20 am uh, that Eisen had heard that hey a settlement was coming so now Tony Busby the rep for the twenty uh, two plus victims who were posing the allegations at the Sean Watson he, he came out today he's like no no no, no. so I got in a couple of minutes I'll read you he was he was t- not talking a little trash but basically like uh yeah settlement ain't happening but mm-hmm. Even more distressing or intriguing and worth a look is a story that was in USA Today that says Deshaun Watson uh, ignored warnings about his behavior going back to February. That in February, he had a couple of different people come to his reps, women, right, who were concerned about misconduct, and they kind of just ignored it. And then in March... Deshaun Watson decided, you know, let me hit Instagram again and let me get, you know, another $55 massage. And there's a lot of people out there who are like, dude, like that was getting serious in February. Maybe stop.
3: Yep. We see this all the time though, right? Ignoring the warnings, the guys of power, they just continue to do what they're going to do. I'm not going to get in trouble.
2: What do, I mean, what do addicts do? Right. It's not easy for them to stop.
3: Look, I'm of the belief, like, Every single detail we've heard of this, I don't know what's true and what's not. But it's kind of, it's, it's, it is the cliche where there's smoke, there's fire. When there's 22 small little fires, there's some element of truth to something that is mm-hmm. happening here. Mm-hmm. And so Deshaun Watson, and especially when you read the report that, like you said, is you know, Ashley Solis, I think what right, was the athlete's first representative who had reached out and been like, yeah, got to kind of tamper this a little bit, bro. And he continued and actually went on very recently after that warning to then book another therapist. Right. He's got problems.
2: Now, Busby, the rep for the alleged victims, uh, also said, hey, I've had some of these women talk to the NFL. I'm not pleased with the way they were treated by the NFL. So now he's he doesn't want the police department to do an investigation. He said he may not let any of the women talk to the NFL. So he doesn't want the NFL to do the investigation. So I don't know where that is. I'm not comfortable. I don't think anyone should with the NFL doing any of this uh, investigative stuff. And I'm going I'm to say it again. Um... We don't know all the details on Deshaun Watson. Uh, and this could be like serious, serious sexual misconduct. But I get the feeling that what Deshaun Watson was doing was just something different in terms of venue and uh, you know intimate location when you compare to Robert Kraft. Yeah. And that's where I think the NFL is. They're, they're walking a really dangerous line here. Really dangerous. Because Robert Kraft is an owner. So I think that's the first reason that they basically left him alone. Secondly, the justice system, it did not work out. The case did not work out. It got, you know, booted from court multiple times. Well, if nothing comes of this in the justice system with Deshaun Watson and nothing came from the justice system officially with Robert Kraft, you're going to suspend. Now, again, he, he, he may have done something or, you know, some things that were horrific, so maybe it's different. But what if it isn't? Right. Well, we've, we've Then how, how is the league going to handle this?
3: Since the Ray Rice deal, right, since what Ray, what Ray Rice did in that elevator, the NFL has put itself in these precarious situations by trying to be the judge of all of these legal issues where they shouldn't be getting involved. And that's why when I first saw, too, that they were looking to talk to these women, that was my first, like, why, why would these women want to? Like, what's the point? Like the NFL is going to investigate this. The NFL has been right this premier investigation unit of all these instances We're since gonna, the Ray Rice case.
2: We got to go down this path a lot more tonight on the the legal right. podcast cuz I'm really wondering uh Yeah, I, I I'm curious on the the philosophy here with or the theory, the approach of Tony Busby, you know, saying he doesn't want the police department involved at all. He doesn't trust him. but he's going to let the NFL talk like wait, why how is the NFL more, you know, more qualified yep. than uh but there may be reasons behind that. Uh, Rusty Harden, who's repping Deshaun Watson, uh, based on that Eisen stuff about a settlement, uh, he stated, quote, a settlement is not happening. And we certainly agree that there are currently no settlement negotiations being conducted. While we have never approached Mr. Busby about a settlement, he has approached us on numerous occasions in the past about the possibility of a settlement. And we've made it clear all along there are would be no settlement unless terms are made public and all participants are allowed to speak in their own defense at all times. Mm-hmm. So, it's heating up again. And I'm sure Desha- Deshaun Watson would just like to move on, but he also he dug his ditch.
3: I was going to say, you don't get to do that when you put yourself in these situations.
2: Who's going to be the Broncos quarterback? Is it Teddy Bridgewater? Is it Drew Locke? I think it should be Bridgewater, but Locke will be given every chance in the preseason to – Win the job. Either way, um, I'm not sure that that's a great team. Uh, They just got bumped based on the Rodgers rumors from 7.5 to 8.5 on the win total board, which means that the Raiders right now are picked in last, you know, if you go by over under win totals for the season. Uh, Bridgewater was on a podcast. Who was on there? It was Patrick Peterson, and who was the other former defensive back? Uh, Brian McFadden. So McFadden was on there too. I think it's McFadden, whatever. Um, and b Mac yeah so uh, so Teddy B was talking about his days in Pantherland
1: the whole deal in Carolina it is what it is be man um, I told him you know once the season ended that I wear big boy draws man and yeah. and I understand the nature of this business mm-hmm. and it's a performance-based business and you know yeah I could sit up here and say okay Christian got hurt or we didn't have this didn't have that but that's not me you mm-hmm. know right. I look in that mirror and I say, hey, you got to tighten up. You know, so it's, you know, little things, you know, that I could have done better.
2: Okay, I like that, right? Personal accountability. How many people in this world, kids these days, uh, you know, how many people want to blame this, blame that? So high character guy, really never heard a complaint about Teddy Bridgewater. So I like that. I like
1: that a lot. Keep going. I'll just say this for, for Joe Brady's growth. I think, man, like that organization, they'll have to like just practice different things. You know, in, in, in different ways. Um, like one of the things we didn't do much of when I was there, we didn't practice two minute really. We didn't practice red zone. You know, what? so it was the most yeah. important. Well, that. What? That's, <laughs> That's what you used know. to have a whole a whole day devoted for two minute yeah. in red zone. That's Thursday Bye. practice. I love the
2: reaction. You just hear what, and that was completely unprompted. We did right. not. There was no like creative editing in there. That was right at the end of him saying like I don't. I don't really blame anything on others. And he's like, but, you know, while I'm at it, Joe Brady. If you want to get better, got some advice
3: for you. That was Brian McFadden with the what, what, by the way. Uh, That was pretty good. I like the irony of, you know, I wear big big boy drawers. I won't mention these things that I'm about to mention. I like Teddy Bridgewater. And, actually, some of the stats, by the way, too, I'm going to pull this up to make sure I have this right. Like, they were a really poor red zone team, the Carolina Panthers. If you look at a lot of their offensive numbers – like red zone percentage, bottom 20s, all sorts of things. So it kind of plays out to what he's talking about, but it does come off as petty that he comes out on this podcast and speaks it. And by the way, he ends it before he signs off and says, but I'm not going to bring anything like this out to the table and talk about this in public. Like, you just did, bro.
0: Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Right, Dial delay. 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's co and Company.
2: You know, we held off a couple of days, John, really getting into what the hell's going on in Oakland with the A's because Vegas is mentioned, but I don't want to get everyone all fired up and start talking stadium sites here. Of course, I already did. Um, Until we know what's really going on in Oakland. And a guy who covers baseball on the West Coast for the LA Times, I saw he was tweeting about this the other day. Bill Shaken is nice enough to join us here on ESPN Las Vegas. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? We're good. We're good. My head is splitting from uh, more relocation talk. So can you... Kind of give everyone here the the history of what's been going on for years and years and years between the A's and the city of Oakland and trying to get this new stadium. I
4: don't know how much time you and your listeners (laughs) have for this. I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, Basically, for this entire century, the A's have been looking for a new stadium. Uh, They've tried in Oakland. They've tried in a, a suburb called Fremont. They've tried in San Jose. They're back looking in Oakland. They found one spot, didn't work. They found another spot on the waterfront. That's the one they're trying to do now. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball has been waiting for 20 years. They're tired of waiting. And so they basically agreed with the A's that Major League Baseball would announce that, You know what, Oakland, if you don't get something going soon, you might lose your team. And by the way, A's, you should start looking around in case you can't do a deal with Oakland.
2: So how close is the latest proposal? Like, what's the deadline? When are they voting on it? Where are we?
4: Well, the A's dropped a proposal on the city three weeks ago and asked that the city vote on it before the city council's summer recess. And the city said, well, we'll get to it by the end of the year. And I think that's what oh boy. set the A's and Major League Baseball off. But the trouble is, the A's have been telling everybody for years this is going to be a privately funded ballpark. The Californians, mm-hmm. you know, with all due respect to the folks who paid for the Raiders' stadium, you and everybody else listening, We don't pay taxpayer-funded stadiums in California because they're not good investments. So when the A's came in and said, well, yeah, we're going to pay for the ballpark, but we'd also like close to a billion dollars in public infrastructure financing for the ballpark and the development we'd like to build around it, that's when the city of Oakland said, well, we're going to have to consider that a little bit. And that's kind of where they are right now.
2: So this is done. I mean, I, I, how do you go How do you go from zero to one billion? What's the middle ground? How do you negotiate off of that?
4: Well, there's a lot of ground between zero and a billion, right. but there's also development partners that the A's can bring in. There are ways to scale back the project. The city would like the county and the port, because it's a waterfront site, the Port of Oakland is involved. Uh, they'd like to see some financial involvement on the part of those parties. Here's the thing. Nobody wants the A's to leave Oakland. The city doesn't want it. Major League Baseball doesn't want it. And the A's don't want it. And you got to think, if that's the plan, then you ought to be able to sit in a room and stop yelling at each other and cut a deal.
2: Right. Uh, this also, I compared it to the San Diego football situation where, I mean, I think ultimately they wanted to leave, but uh, the Qualcomm site was fine. The city was into giving money to help the Qualcomm site. Uh, Spanos insisted that it had to be down in the gas lamp. Then they were dumb enough to put it up for a vote. And you just mentioned in California, if you get to vote, it's getting voted down. It got destroyed. So, like, where's the middle ground on that one? Because the Coliseum site in Oakland is a good site. Uh, you know, all the transit goes right there. But if the owners are unwilling to cooperate and they insist on the waterfront, again, like, how do we work through that part?
4: Well, normally you'd say the city would tell them. Use the Coliseum site. As you mentioned, it's already there. There's a huge parking lot around it. It has great freeway access. It has great mass transit access. All the development that sports teams do now around facilities, whether it's homes or shops or hotels or restaurants, what have you, uh, you can do that at the Coliseum site because it's a big parking lot. You can blow up the basketball arena because the Warriors aren't there anymore. You blow up the stadium. The Raiders aren't there anymore, as you guys all know. And then build a nice small ballpark and everything around it but the Raiders leaving gave the A's the idea hey what if we blow up the stadium entirely we won't even stay there we can develop that site and use that money to pay for the private ballpark somewhere else in the city (laughs) so if uh if Major League Baseball is saying the Coliseum site is off the table for a baseball stadium that's why because the owner wants it
3: So, you know, we have all these names of cities that are potentially in the running. Of course, here in Las Vegas, we've been front and center with a lot of these rumors. If this team were to leave Oakland, is there like a preference of market that Major League Baseball and the team would be looking at, or is it anybody who will take us at this point?
4: Well, as Rob Manfred has said on several occasions, if they leave Oakland, he thinks Major League Baseball is going to regret it. The San Francisco Bay Area is one of the largest markets in the country. And wherever you go, it's going to be a smaller market. And granted, you'll be the only team in the market. You won't be sharing it with another team like the A's have to do now with the San Francisco Giants. But there's no good reason for, financially anyway, for the A's to want to go to Las Vegas or to Portland or to Nashville or fill in the blank with any of the other cities you've heard of. Um, I'm in the minority here, perhaps, certainly in your audience. I think Las Vegas would be a disaster for baseball and I don't think they should go anywhere near it.
2: How come?
4: Look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, it's split loyalties right now, right? There's fans of the Dodgers and the Angels, the A's and the Giants, and maybe the Diamondbacks in Vegas. So there's no, like, natural constituency. It's split loyalties. And, you know, football is great, right? Sit outside once a week, maybe bring in some tourists from other places. Hockey's great. Everybody loves to come to Vegas you know, in the wintertime. 110 degrees in July. Who do you think is going to want to go to the ballpark then? Nobody yeah. in Vegas even wants to stay in Vegas in July.
2: Well, we have a new stadium, and, you know, they can get 10000 there for AAA baseball, which I think is another interesting thing. That is publicly funded. I don't, you know, I think people around the country don't realize how that was funded. 75 to $80 million of our new Triple A stadium was publicly funded. What, like, what would happen to the Triple A team? How would they even work that if they try to move the A's to a market that already has minor league baseball?
4: Uh major league team would certainly get priority, and the Triple yep. A team would have to find somewhere else to play, and there would be no problem. Right. Another place right. to play because Major League Baseball killed off 40 minor league teams
2: this year. Right. I mean, I guess the problem here locally, though, like I just said, we just paid. You know, they just <laughs> built. Nice the stadium. Stadium. They just built a stadium for 150 million dollars in Summerlin, and it's like, yeah, that thing's obsolete. Sorry. Um, w- of all the cities that are mentioned, uh, have you heard? Is there? Do you think there's a city out there? Because I think the A's will consider those markets that are going to put up the most public money, like we did with the Raiders. Um, Is there a market that you hear would, like, go gaga for baseball and, like, here's $500 million?
4: Well, I mean, it's hard to say it wouldn't be Vegas, given the investment in the minor league baseball stadium and given, you know, on a much higher level in the Raiders. Um, Portland has talked about baseball for years and years. They have lots of pretty pictures. No one's ever really explained how they're going to finance it. They don't even have a site right now. Um, you know, I don't know about the possibility of retrofitting the Aviator Stadium. Maybe there's a footprint there you can work with and build out from. Um, you know, maybe you do something on the Cashman Field site, but you wouldn't be starting from scratch where in, in Portland you would be, and there's a lot of talk there, and there, there's no action.
2: Yeah, I don't think the Aviator Stadium can be expanded. Um, and that said, I also I don't I don't believe that Major League Baseball would want to come to the Vegas area and not want to be on the strip based on what they've seen with the venues, with the Golden Knights and the Raiders.
4: Yeah, and that's a great point. Um, You know, the other problem, I think, is the Golden Knights have been so successful, and, of course, the Raiders have been not the fans yet, but they will be. Um, You know, it's not the size of the market that you get in the Bay Area or Los Angeles. So a lot of the corporate dollars probably already tied up, and I'm not sure how much would be left for a baseball team.
2: That's That's a great point as well. Uh, very good point. Um, let me get you on an uh, unrelated issue and talk about the COVID issues around baseball. We're talking to Bill Shake, who covers Major League Baseball and the Dodgers for the L.A. Times. This is getting a little uh, boffo. The, the Padres are one thing, uh, but the Yankees now have guys who have previously, uh, previously tested positive for COVID, testing positive. Uh, it looks like Labor Torres and Phil Nevin were also fully vaccinated. What do you think baseball is thinking right now about its latest COVID issue?
4: Well, given that the Yankees said today that they do indeed have, I believe the number was eight. I'm just checking right now. Yep, yep, eight, eight. Uh, yeah, eight members of their yep. traveling party, some players, some coaches, some staff members, uh, all positive, all of whom were previously vaccinated. So I think the first thing you want to do if you're the league is to look back and, you know, did they get a bad batch of medicine They all got the Johnson & Johnson shot, which is the one dose. Maybe there's some issue with that. Uh, Maybe there's just something weird happened one day where all these people were. Uh, You know, I'm sure the league and its scientists will take a look and see, is this a fluke or is there something they need to worry about? Because everybody in America now is trying to take off their masks, right? The CDC said today no more masks and, you know, the teams around – minor and Major League Baseball are talking about going back to full capacity, and if there's some reason that these vaccinations aren't working, I think you'd want to know sooner rather than later.
2: Do you think baseball is considering shutting these situations down for a couple of weeks like they were doing in the past?
4: I don't think so. Uh, The vaccinations by and large, and I know know, eight guys getting sick who uh, have been vaccinated doesn't look good, but You know, the point of the vaccines is not necessarily to 100% remove the chance of getting sick. It's to minimize the chance that if you do get the virus, you're going to have symptoms, or if you have symptoms, get seriously ill. And those seem to be working. So I don't suspect they're going to shut down any teams or any seasons at this point. And uh, certainly they haven't yet with the Padres and the Yankees.
2: Bill, last couple minutes here, and I appreciate all the time. Uh, Bill Shaken's with us covers Major League Baseball. Let's go back to the, the A's and vegas um one of the things that always turns me off about these relocations one i don't like you know seeing a city steal a team from another city i wasn't comfortable with the you know the raiders being stolen from oakland but it's also the it's the dirty pool that's played and the stupid pr game did i see a statement the other day the a's were claiming that they had spent 230 million dollars in an effort to get a new stadium i don't how does that even make sense why would you say that
4: well, you say it as part of a campaign to let everybody know that if you do move, yeah. that you tried everything you possibly could. Yeah. But you're right. That's an awful lot of money for no results. And the A's have been trying this for 20 years. And, you know, it's probably past time that somebody from the league and not from the A's goes into a quiet room with the city staff in Oakland and negotiates the deal. And everybody keeps their mouth shut. And then... Uh, They can vote. on. I can tell you in Anaheim, the Angels were up in the same situation. They weren't talking about moving, but they were trying to do a new stadium deal with the city of Anaheim. And, you know, the the owner bided his time until he found enough votes on the city council. Then they negotiated a deal. And considering the Angels have been doing this for 20 years, uh, I'm a little surprised they haven't been able to just find the votes on the city council and get it
2: done. Uh, one more point on Vegas about, uh, and you said, hey, it's not. that's not a great idea. Uh, a lot of us here are like, well, I don't know about baseball. Uh, the other thing that's really interesting is, man, sports leagues, commissioners, owners love sports gambling. And I wonder if that gives us an advantage. Even though this is spreading across the country, I wonder how intoxicated Manfred and the A's could be by just – the gambling money, the partnerships there, not only with the casinos just in general, but the sports gambling money, and if that gives us a leg up on lots of other markets.
4: I think it would have a few years ago before yeah. the Supreme Court ruling came down that let every state get in on sports betting because the trend right now is mobile betting, essentially, you know, betting on your phone. Yeah. And if the future is going to be sitting and watching a game and in baseball's case, you know, not only betting on who's going to win the game, but how many strikeouts Clayton Kershaw gets, or, you know, if you Carlos Stanton's going to hit a home run in his next at bat, or, you know, which team is going to score first, or whatever you can do the whole game, and you're just sitting and doing that on your phone, you don't need to be in Vegas. You can do it from wherever you live.
2: There you go. Yep, Bill, thank you. We appreciate it. Very good spot. All right. Take care. Boy, he dropped the hammer on us, didn't he? A, what did he say? Would it
3: be a disaster or a nightmare? <laughs> I don't know. Of, which One adjective the, did he use? He, he
2: freaking dropped a hammer on Vegas. That it would be a terrible idea.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, selfishly, I would like to happen because I enjoy baseball. I would go to a lot of games. I think, like, it, would, cool, I think like, it
2: would be cool. I think it would be cool. But I do think that you got to draw an excess of, like, $2 million. Correct. Um, it would be an expensive stadium right because it's going to have to have a roof on it you got to have an which an indoor stadium sucks but they you know they can there's enough advances that have been made that you can make it feel like it's outside and maybe open the roof every once in a while but that's going to cost a pretty penny and then you know where does it go and then most importantly who pays for it is it a private deal because i have a feeling i have no idea what we have left in the public kitty um it's not our money i know this that Governor Syslac was one of the guys who helped push through the Raider Stadium. Oh,
3: is that those knitted? If, if he's got a if
2: he's got a political future, you know, like some something that he's looking for next, or like longevity here, I don't know that that one will go over real well in terms of more public money. Um, now it could be privately funded, who knows? But getting it paid for is interesting, and I, I still like. I think Henderson's a wild card, but if you're Major League Baseball, you're going to put a team in Henderson, and I'm not anti-Henderson. I live there, you know, many times. I like Henderson. But I, I've said it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. If you're major league baseball and you see the strip, the views, the kind of money that the Raiders and Golden Knights are bringing in, you're like, yeah, let's go down next to the M. Yep. Let's. How about a drive way down LV Boulevard, south of the South Point? Or are you going to look at it and go, no, we want to, we want to be on the strip. You, you know, that's the, that's the glamour area. We want to be at the Rio. We want to be at Wild, Wild West. We want to be at the old Wet and Wild site. We want to be on the. I don't think the Rock and Rio, whatever. Um, sturdiness. I for, you know I forget the terminology yeah. on that that the the land can't support an arena. There's so many you know attractive pieces of property around the strip. I don't know that baseball would be like hey Henderson A's.
3: Well, and like and I would think too for the attraction as a city we would want them to be all closely together. Like, one of the things that sticks out to me when I take my trips east, one of the coolest areas in Philly is, like, that four little area where they have all their stadiums together, like, literally across the street from one another. And then there's that area where you can go, I think it's the Xfinity Center, I think is what they call it, where there's all these bars and shops. Like, I think that's really cool. And so an environment like that would behoove, I think, all three of those teams if they were to do it. So I think even then you would want that to happen because it just benefits everybody if it were to happen.
0: (music) We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. You see a pair of laughing eyes, and suddenly you're sighing sighs. You think nothing's wrong,
1: you string along, boy, then
0: snap.
2: John. You a sausage guy? Those
0: eyes, those yeah. Sighs,
3: my dad, you know, my, my dad's side of the family, there is Italian blood there. So we are, uh, that's a big on sausage. Okay. Love it. Italian sausage. Okay. I like spicy sausage. I'm a big spice guy.
1: Me
2: too. You have a place you get good spicy sausage?
3: No, I mean, like, whenever my dad makes it. I don't have, like, a place eh. or a guy.
2: I bought some the other day. Nothing. Where do I go? No sizzle.
3: Because I would be down for it, other than, like, the grocery store.
2: Probably some of the Italian delis in town.
3: I got to find one. Be your best bet. I don't know where any Italian deli. I'm.
2: I'm. Let me look in the meetup. I think. I think you can get it there. Okay, I'll look into it. Be down with it. Yeah.
3: My wife tried it for the first time this week. How'd that go? She loved it. She now she claims to not be like a pork person, but like every variation of pork that I have either made for her or somebody else has made for her, she's loved. So like I don't know where her dislike for pork came from because she's in, but my dad made it the other day for dinner. They had us over. And it was Italian sausage sandwiches. You know, uh, how do you say it? A little fresh cut mozzarella?
2: Sure. How,
3: <laughs> how, do you, how do you say it? It's close.
2: It was close. You say it any way you want. Mozzarella, whatever you want to say. How do you say it? Mozzarella. Mozzarella. It's close.
3: I don't see the difference, but. Yeah, you were close. I, said it. I think you might
2: have said rel, but whatever.
3: Mozzarella. Uh, mozzarella. How was that one? That's good. Good. Uh. What's it? bill? I'm, I'm not here to judge. You say it the way you want. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it likes a little little fresh. You want to yeah. go sausage?
2: You uh, want to go sausage? You know whatever you want. Sausage, whatever.
3: Mozzarella, there there you go. slice that up. Sure. Uh, put it on a, a toasted ciabatta with some okay. sash. Uh, <laughs> no, but it was great. You know, pal- you know, peppers, onions, all that stuff. First time she's ever had it. It was like a normal thing growing up, and I could see the look on her face because she's not like I said, tries to claim she doesn't like pork. Had two of them. I was like, yeah, it's, it's good. Nice, it's nice.
2: Good. It's weird. She's uh, she's kind of hungry, huh? Kind of eating a lot. Well, good for is, her.
3: It, yeah, because uh, she is officially eating for two.
0: What?
3: Second child on the way, baby. It is official, but holding on to the news for a little bit. You know, want to wait to the doctor's appointments, things like that. But little Von Tobel, number two, on the way. All right. The clan is expanding.
2: Good for you. Congrats, baby maker. That's right. I wasn't trying to force you to announce that. You put it. It's funny. Uh, can I say this? Uh, yeah. You told us a while ago. Um, can I not say that? No, so you didn't. told us behind the scenes a while ago. We didn't say anything because you know we're like that. We uh, we keep secrets. And then I was then I was on I was on Twitter the other day, and I'm like, uh, okay, ultrasound. I guess uh, that's that's the announcement. Yeah,
3: it's the announcement. But right. well, by the way, I
2: thought. It was, by the way? I hope this is good for air. What were you What were you fearing the most? Oh, twins. Yep.
3: I, in so we go to get the ultrasound right. <laughs> And we're sitting it's there. A lot of sausage. We're, we're looking at you know. We're looking at the you know the picture, all that stuff. She does the heartbeat thing. It was beautiful and warm. I had that lump in my throat because you know I hear the heartbeat of my child for the nice. first time. Um, but then she goes, "All right, let's see if there's another one." And I'm holding Isabel's hand. The second she says that, both of our grips tighten because we, we we both have a lot of twins in our family. So we're just like, "Oh dear God, please no." She's like, nope, "Looks like there's only one." And I was like, "Oh thank God, thank God." Champagne. Yep. Pop. I also thought this was something weird after I posted the picture. By the way, thank you for everybody. Warm wishes, congratulations. All of you are very nice. But now all of you have seen my wife's womb, and I feel somewhat weird. Like, should I not have posted the ultrasound? Theoretically, you're all looking at my wife's uterus.
2: Man. Don't look. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing for you on that one. <laughs> I got nothing.
3: I thought about that. I was like, should I delete this? Is this, a, is this porn? To a certain extent, a little bit dirty, right? Like I worked. Hard. I'm not going to make the joke.
2: Don't don't make the joke. Let's. I'll, I'll transition. I worked hard to get. I'll, in uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll transition in the fat pack. Um, the pizza wars continue in the Northeast. We've been following this for a few months. We gave the audience a whole pizza lesson on especially Connecticut pizza. Oh, you, but you just, did? Oh yeah, we had a. I would ask for some bites but maybe we can get them by the grab bag. Not to it, our system's been a little janky lately. Bites of pizza? Yeah. Not a lotus. So not Conne- animals. Connecticut and Jersey have been going back and forth on what is the uh, what's the state that deserves to say, "Hey, you know, we're the pizza state." New York obviously should be involved. So, New Jersey jumped the gun about a month ago and they officially, na- you know, named themselves, you know, the whatever, the Pizza State, or I think they for the longest time, they had some nonsense as, like, the official state food. So they tried to make the move. Connecticut's fired back, and what do they put through? Some kind of legislation doing the same sort of thing?
3: Uh, yeah, the House of Reps has declared that pizza is Connecticut's state food. All right.
2: This is fun. I mean, I, you know, are we going to get all worked up?
3: It would actually – the legislation would place the popular lunch or dinner or cold breakfast in the state register and manual alongside the state bird. Do you know what the state bird of Connecticut is? I do not. The American Robin. The American Robin. The state mammal, which is the sperm whale. The state insect, which I had no idea that they had one. The praying mantis. I don't know who this is, so I hope he doesn't have a dark past. But the state hero, Nathan Hale. And finally, the state heroine, Prudence Crandall. And now pizza will live amongst them in eternity.
2: Representative there said pizza serves as a source of pride, appreciation, can be a source of economic promotion. It has brought us many good times and good food. So there you go. Connecticut now tries to take back the mantle of the pizza state.
3: I did not know that like Connecticut was like in the middle of the pizza wars. I like you I would have named like twenty states, including Hawaii, like before I would have named Connecticut. Hawaii? I, I don't know. I just think of like like soup, chowder, fish when I think of Connecticut. I don't think of pizza.
2: It's a big deal in New Haven, and they've got their own kind of pizza. All right, you remember what the name of it is? That could have been a prompt for the sound, but the system's gone kerplunk. You didn't learn anything from that old – we did it for like 10 minutes one day. That was a really long time ago.
3: By the way, Nathan Hale was the guy who said, I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. Yeah, you only had one, bro. But at least you're the state hero, so good for you. Ah, beats. What?
2: That's the pizza in Connecticut. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's that was a phrase. Yeah, like, it bites. No, <laughs> it got it's, it's, it's spelled a p i z z a. Like beats. like uh, like a uh, like, uh, like, uh, pizza, but it, they, they 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 say that's like there's ah uh, uh, beats.
3: There's like there's a pizza place that I grew up eating here in town. It's on Rainbow and. Uh, no flamingo and rainbow yeah yeah so growing up it was called Verrazanos. okay really solid spot I it's, liked it a lot it's still there yeah no but here's the thing so they rebranded and now they're just Sanos oh they did yeah <laughs> I <laughs> so, didn't know that like I just well, let, me <laughs> t-
2: let me tell you that I went into uh, the old place right at the beginning of the mask mandate and you know businesses were really struggling they they they, they, they just got to open up and those guys had an earful they were pissed oh, so, all really? right as a lot of local businesses were um they have good pizza there. No oh, doubt. they do. Yeah,
3: that—that that was Friday night, like Von Tobel ah, it's, household. It's still pizza. good. It's still very good. I just—I always wondered what the meeting was like. So you know what, take out the Vera.
2: I don't know if it. anyone here makes New Haven style pizza. Um, pizza Rock used to, but I don't know if it's on the menu anymore. So it's described. I'll use Wiki. It's described as a chewy crust, minimalistic tomato sauce, and a light touch of cheese.
3: Minimalistic. What does that mean? It's, like just like robot like just mashed up tomatoes essentially.
2: It's not drenched in
3: Oh, it means the amount. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was yeah, like it's not drenched
2: in it. Like uh you know, New Jersey has a tomato pie. Oh yeah. And that's that's a lot of that's a lot of tomatoes. Actually, sa- no, no. They, they 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 kinda swirl the deep dish pizza. I, I actually I'm a big sauce guy, so I don't mind the, the sauce all over the pizza, but that's not a beats.
3: I don't know. It depends on the sauce. You know, back in the day the hut sorry if I can say that. They had the uh, <laughs> I, didn't say it I don't know if you remember do you remember they had the, the healthy pizza? Where it was on wheat uh, it was on wheat crust, it was vegetables and just tomato sauce with no cheese. That actually slapped. That was actually really I, good.
2: It slapped? Yeah. I had uh, I had I ordered uh, It was bussin bussin. Uh, I I, ate a, I ordered a keto pie the other day that didn't slap. And I actually had a good I actually had a good the probably the best cauliflower crust pie I've ever had uh, last week. It was a it was a take home from a joint.
3: It was good. Well you know what the real hack is there. Take and bake. Since you're doing that. The real hack for you is to buy ground chicken, make the crust out of the ground chicken.
2: I've seen people do that. There I've you seen go. a lot you know, on TikTok, uh, I reference it every day. I've seen people do some pretty crazy stuff with a crust now.
3: Can't do TikTok man. For food. I'm gonna get in trouble. You gotta get and it's like not you, have to get, you have
2: to get swirling in the food. Yeah, um, because if you stay on the the giant jugged ladies who are up there all the time, then that's all you get. That's what I do. If you stay on the political stuff, that's, that's that. all you get. It's a it's a crazy, it's a crazy app. I purposely
3: like video game and like food TikToks, so that I won't get in trouble. Like I the open the other day, I opened my phone and it was just like this woman, and she's like, I heard that I can get a lot of likes for this, and it was like, bam, shirt up, and I was like, I, this is like if Isabel had walked by, I would have been in so much trouble. Like I'm not asking for this. It just popped up on my page. This is not for you.
0: Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles. It's Coalfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. Let's do it. We
2: go downtown. Tony Miller's with us, Golden Nugget. Man, I got so fired up yesterday about... The schedule release. So fired up. We got more of that coming up in the five o'clock hour. Latest fire, Tony, has been about pizza. We were just talking some pizza. You like a good pizza, right? I do. Can you eat pizza right now with the bad wheel? Are you worried about the wheel and uh <laughs> and the consumption of the food? Have you what are you doing, man? What is going on with your knee?
5: Oh, buddy. Poor meniscus and uh has finally caught up to me and I gotta have a little surgery in a couple of weeks, but gotta oh, get wow. it done. Oh, wow. Well. Tony,
3: you going to catch a break? What's
5: going on, man? Uh, this has been rough. Yeah, well, it was due. It was due. Wearing tear.
2: Uh, by the way, my girlfriend joked, were you dancing at a certain bar, and you went down? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Not the uh, case. How's she doing? She's doing okay?
2: Uh, she's getting better, yeah. She she broke her ankle. For the audience that doesn't know, she broke her ankle, so she's been using the uh, the silly scooter forever, uh, but she's a warrior. She actually went back to week uh, back to work a week early, and so... She's almost up to like a full workload, so a little bit of pain, a little bit of pain, but she's she's tough, she's real tough, she's super tough, yeah. she's super tough. All right, Tony, um, give me the 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 book perspective, the book director's perspective. Is the NFL uh, release, you know, the schedule release day, is that a big day, or is it just another day on the calendar? Because like football fans were really energized yesterday.
5: Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, it's been a long time coming. They're excited about football college and pro and they want to get things rolling man and uh this is the beginning you know and now training camps are around the corner and you know they're excited man so uh me too i think it's great i think it's going to be a great football season
2: and it's good for you guys that football is and has slowly developed into basically like a 10 month a year deal if not a year-round deal
5: yeah for sure man i mean you know we got to stay on top of it like when the schedule came out yesterday, I took down all my season wins, had to readjust a few today. Oh, well, you stuff. did? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we still got the Packers down, but, you know, we got to look into that stuff. You know, things happen. You know, I mean, got to do a little bit of adjusting here and there.
2: So tell me you looked at the Chiefs and the Bucks, and you're like, well, this is a joke. We got to raise their win total.
5: Well, actually, you know, the public's been betting the Chiefs under. So Really? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, they've been betting under 12 and – and, uh, you know, they're betting the Packers under, a course, you know, yeah. before I took it down and, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. And I bet the Patriots over. They got faith in Mac Jones.
2: What specifically did you have to adjust? What teams?
5: Um, just, uh, you know, a few odds and ends, you know, basically you know, the Patriots, number one, we adjusted, even though we didn't get no money on it. We know Mac Jones would come in and maybe be a presence. you know, how Belichick is with these guys and, uh. Tampa Bay, we adjust a little bit because they're nonstop. People love Super Bowl winners, and, uh, you know, they keep betting on money over. So, a few things here and there.
3: Tony, like, w- my question is more why you adjust them. Like, you, we know who the opponents are going to be for a while. Now we know the order. W- what is so important about the order that would co- constitute an adjustment on a win total?
5: Well, like the Cowboys, for instance, you know, yeah. uh now everyone's expecting to open up 0-1, and then the following week they travel to San Diego, and that's a possible 0-2, you know. So right then, you know, you figure the public's going to get a leak of that, and, and uh, they're going to bet the under. And, and same thing with a few other teams, man. They, You know, you just got to try and guess what the public likes when they see the schedule and how they're going to adjust to it. And uh, I try and get ahead of the game by doing that.
3: So would that adjustment be like a half win, or is that more like altering the juice?
5: No, I need the wins alone. I yeah. really don't touch that a whole lot. I just move the juice, and uh, if the juice runs too far, you know, uh, then I'll move the number a little bit, but I usually move the juice on the number.
2: Tony Miller, Golden Nugget, up with Cofield and company. Would you bet under the Chiefs 12? Personally, as a football fan and a viewer, would you bet them under?
5: I definitely would, you know. Really? I mean, anything can happen, Steve. You know how it is. If Mahomes gets hurt and goes down, then, you know, you're in a good spot, you know, I mean. I hate to wish that on anybody and hope that happens, but things happen with star players. And without Mahomes, that seems a different team. And, you know, same thing with Wilson in Seattle. If he should go down, it changes the whole outlook on the team.
2: Well, on the Chiefs, the, 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 I thought the problem with the schedule was almost every key game they have out of the division, they get at home. Mm. Like They got everyone at home. Uh, here's the other scary thing, and it doesn't mean one year you know, rolls into the next year. You know that Andy Reid, since he's been there, from 2013 on, they've never gone under the total. He's won every single over for wins every year he's been there.
5: Yeah, but the the public's starting to catch up to that team. I mean, 12 is a high number for an NFL win season. I mean, it really is. And uh, you know, I I couldn't bet that over. And and same thing on some of these uh, you know lower numbers. It's hard for me to bet unders when the the totals so low. I take a shot with the over. I just you know I have more <laughs> trouble with the teams that are seven and a half and eight.
2: Right. Okay, well, one of those teams is the Raiders. So I looked at the schedule yesterday, and uh, I went crazy on the air, and I'm like, I think they're going to win 10 games. I saw that the number was 7.5 in some places. Now today I see it's 7 in some places. Where are you guys on the Raiders? And when you saw the schedule, you are like, oh, they're in trouble? You need to lower the total?
5: Yeah, well – we're at seven and a half, and I'm getting under money right now at the seven and a half. So we'll see what happens. I, you know, I, I, I you know, the Raiders still have a lot to prove to me. A quarterback, I'm not sure Carr is going to be the answer. I know they did really well on defense in the draft and whatnot, but there's still some questions out there with the Raiders, and that's a very, very competitive division. So uh, the public right now is betting the under and the Raiders at my joint. Do
2: you expect there to be money coming back though as we get closer to the season? So you just stay on seven and a half.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll juice it enough sooner or later where, you know, I'll start getting some sharp money coming back on the over. And, uh, you know, they're picking off here and there. But, you know, as we get closer to the regular season and teams get in the training camp and and, and, and the public starts looking at things, you know, we'll get some local play on the Raiders for sure.
2: Week one lines, uh, your Cowboys, six and a half. Six and a half? Is that too much against the Buccaneers?
5: Right. I think so, man. I mean, you know, I know I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm a homer and everything, but that's still a big number to me. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Cowboys are coming to that game, they'll be healthy, Dak's back, and uh, I think they'll be pressed up to give the Buccaneers a good game. And, uh, you know, they might not win it, but I think it's definitely going to be a closer than the 6.5. I like that number right now, but I expect that number to probably go up. You know, how the public loves Super Bowl champs, man.
2: What do you think the Chargers on the road, first game, football team, and they're a slight favorite?
5: Hey, I like the Chargers. And I love their quarterback, and I think the kid's great, man. I I, I expect a lot out of them this year. I think they got a great chance of winning that division and and making the playoffs, and maybe going a little stretch. And uh, they got the Cowboys the second week, so they could be two and zero right off the bat. And uh, you know they they are a good little team, man. Watch out for them. They're going to be good. Football team wins by fif- fifteen.
2: Really, two touchdown wins, Von Tobel says, just blurted it out. Uh, I would
5: not sur- I would surprise me.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> This really is amazing, this whole process, Tony, when you think about it. We're sitting here on, you know, May 13th uh, talking about line movement going all the way to early September. It's pretty crazy. And one of the games I looked at, uh, what do you think happens with New England 2, 2.5 against Miami in terms of the line? Is that, is that where it's going to settle? Or do we see the Patriots uh, on, you know, the opening Sunday at 3?
5: Yeah, I definitely think you're going to see – money, We'll see what happens in camp with Newton and Mac Jones, who's going to be the starter. But I'll tell you what, man, I just don't have a lot of faith in Tua. You know, I like the Dolphins. I like their defense. But I am not sold on Tua yet a quarterback. And uh, that's a tough place to go play your first game. And, uh, you know, that, that line might be driven up to three. We'll see.
3: Tony, what, what do you do with the Texans' power rating with everything going on with Watson? The Jags are like a two-and-a-half point favorite on the road in some spots. Oh like, that's, that's a pretty nutty situation to deal with as an odds maker.
5: Oh man, you got to keep a close eye on that. Who's uh, you no know, who, what's happening with Deshaun Watson? Is he going to play? Is he going to start? Is he? Gonna, you know, I don't know. Texans are a kind of a mess right now, and you know the Jags are all hyped up with the new coach, new quarterback, and new everything. And uh, you know the public is going to be on them, I think. And uh, the Texans are in for a long, long season, man. If they get off to no one start against that team at home, kiss them goodbye.
2: All right, Tony, what's going on down at the Nugget? How's the pool looking,
5: buddy? Man, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy down there, man. It's, everything's in full force. Everything's back to normal, seems like. And, uh, man, it, it's packed. It's good. It's going well.
2: Well, it's a beautiful day. We actually uh, we have friends down there hanging out at the adult pool upstairs. So I'm sure it's broiling up there. It's a beautiful day. So I'm yep. glad you guys are crowded. What do you got, John?
5: Tony, you, your football contest is back this year, right? Yeah, buddy, it's uh, back. We started our sign-up the other day, and uh, – it's a good little contest, man. College and pro seven selections a week and you can mix and match it up and uh you know what? There ain't a whole ton of entries. So you got a really good yeah. chance of picking up three or four hundred K to come in first place. All
2: right, Tony, feel better. Sorry about that. Thanks, knee.
5: my man. I'll we'll see talk you guys you. soon.
2: There he is, Tony Miller. Always affable, always positive, has yeah. the bum knee right now. He's ready to eat some pizza. Get the, the get the uh, the full Full weight load on that knee again. Gabagool. God, that's the worst. Knee injuries are just terrible. He's <laughs> some gabagul on the on the on the pizza. Dude. All right, we get back to the Raiders and the schedule. I'm actually I'm I'm getting more optimistic by the day when I, I see all these people crapping on the Raiders. And now I see the win total at some other places down to seven.
0: I don't know what you guys are seeing on the schedule. With 77 cent Bud light bottles, golden Knights hockey game nights are great at Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino.